You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to a new episode of Delirious Nomads, brought to you by Blacklight Media Records, a weekly podcast hosted by yours truly, celebrity chef Chris Santos. I hate calling myself that. And underground metal connoisseur Matt Bacon, who loves being called that. This is your new favorite podcast for all things heavy metal, as well as breakdowns of your favorite combat sports and riffing on some food talk every week with very special guests from across the globe. Welcome to a new episode of Delirious Nomads, the Blacklight Media Metal Blade Records podcast that celebrates all things metal, punk, rock and roll, boxing sometimes, food sometimes. But today it's all about one of my favorite artists of all time who's become a really great friend. I'm so fucking excited that Theo Kogan from the Luna Chicks is here. The Luna Chicks are back. Um, we have so much to talk about. It's incredible. Thank you for being here, Theo. Thank you for having me. Oh, my God. Wow, this is really exciting. So I'm I'm gonna start with my story about you and then and then we'll then we'll spend the rest of the podcast talking about you. I didn't meet you, but I saw you. I so I moved to New York in '93 and I moved to Hoboken. That was my first landing spot. And so I don't know if it was '93, it was maybe maybe it was '94, but you guys were doing a show that was like something called like Hoboken Palooza or something. It was outside Hobo Palooza. Hobo Palooza. Do you remember yeah. what year that was? No. Okay, it was ninety three. It was definitely ninety three or ninety four because I had no friends. I knew, I knew no. I knew nobody, and I was walking around that day and heard music and that and, and followed the followed my ears. And when I got there, it was in between bands. And then you guys came on, and I think you were the headliner. And I did not know you guys. I had not ever heard a single note of your music. And um, as I said in your book, which. I have right here, which thank you so much for letting me contribute. When you guys were done, I was just like, what the fuck did I just see? Like, and that's only happened to me really twice. Two times where I where I saw a band that I've never that I didn't know anything about that. And the other band was Slipknot. Like the first time I saw Slipknot was on Ozfest and I didn't know anything about them. They weren't they they weren't anybody yet and had the same reaction. Like, what the fuck did I just see? Um, <laughs> so I became a huge fan of yours. I saw Luna Chicks probably, I don't even know how many times before we met. I don't even think we met until you left Luna Chicks. Yeah. And then you were in Theo and the Skyscrapers with Dimitri, who is now one of my very best friends and who was actually a guest on the podcast recently. I have a Theo and the Skyscrapers base in my studio in my house. Aww. And then you and I have became friends. And then you started DJing special events of mine. You've been at like weddings of mine you've like done makeup on for a variety of different projects of mine not projects but things <laughs> <They're> projects. 
<laughs> yes. And of course, um, your husband comes into the picture and we become great friends and we end up working with his band Opulence, Sean of the Toilet Boys and Theo the Skyscrapers. Our friendship alone and our story could be the whole podcast. But I really want to know about you guys because, I, you know, I got so excited pre-pandemic when you guys announced those shows at Webster Hall and I bought tickets right away. And I still have them. Are you guys? Are those dates still November twenty sixth and twenty seventh? Yes, they are, and your tickets are, you know, good to go. <laughs> going to both shows. Yay! But I was so excited to hear that you guys were playing again, and then, um, and of course, the book just came out, and I can literally die now because Matt, I don't know if I told you this, so I, I have a little thing at the beginning, which you know, it's a little. What do you call it? It's like a advanced praise. Oh, that's cool. But it's me and 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 uh, our mutual friend Jessica, but also Blondie. Debbie, Harry, and Chris Santos. That's fucking bizarre. Like, I mean, I can die now. So anyway, I just couldn't be happier that you guys are playing again. And so tell us all about it. Like, I usually start at the beginning of a career. I want to start at, like, now. Like, why play again now? And tell us about Punk Rock Bowling. Tell about all, all of it. I'm so excited. I am, too. I'm so happy to be with you right now. Um, we, you know, it was kind of like, you know, we had talked about playing again. And we started the book project, like, you know, quite a while ago now. And we kept being like, oh, let's play. And then we'd be like, eh, maybe not. And then once Trump was in office, we were like, okay, now we're ready to, you know, <laughs> we're ready to raise, to, to, to get some blood, you know, to scream. And it's like, it's so classic in like our, you know, especially reading our book, which is called Fallopian Rhapsody, the story of the lunatics. And we, you know, we come across so many obstacles and it's like, and, and then it happened again when we, we haven't played for like, you know, when we first booked our shows, it was like 16 years and we book our shows and then <laughs> the pandemic hits and it's at like the highest rate that very weekend in New York. It was like at the peak of the worst, you know, the most depth, everything. And we were just like, how is this happening? This is terrible. Then the shows, you know, and we also had punk rock bowling scheduled that the next month of 2020 it was like may then everything got rescheduled and then it got rescheduled again and you know the the one good thing i can say is that like we wrapped up the book in the you know the first like six months of 2020 we had to hand it in and so that gave us like a lot of you know time we probably wouldn't have had to really like dive in and do all the last editing and get all the photos and all that stuff and and Zoom together, you know, twice a week and talk about it and all that. And we had already started, re you know, we'd been rehearsing for like six months and planning everything. And boom, that was that. And um, then we, once we were all vaccinated, we started rehearsing again in, what was it, like May of this year, 2021. You know, it was like, the book came out in June, very exciting, you know, spent a year like freaking out over all this honesty coming out into the world <laughs> <laughs> and people reading it. And then we, you know, we just got back from playing punk rock bowling last night and it was amazing. And, and even though there were things that were imperfect about, you know, ourselves and our performances, it was incredible. And in Lunatic's fashion, our flight was canceled. The first flight we had to go there. <laughs> <laughs> so like we're like all like separately in our vehicles you know getting ready to leave for the airport start driving we're like a few blocks away and it's like flights canceled we all turn around and went home <laughs> 
I have a question. I saw a photo on on Instagram um, that you posted and Gina posted from Punk Rock Bowling. Uh huh. That wasn't your backdrop, was it? No, that's our backdrop. They had a digital ginormous screen, so oh my god, that's that was amazing. our backdrop. Yeah. Holy cow! Amazing. So, so first show in sixteen years. So, like, okay, you're of course you're going to be seventeen years now. Yeah. Disregard your own self. Like, we could do this better. We could do that better. Like, how did it feel to be on stage? How how were you received? Like, tell you know, like how was that? Oof. So we played two. We played one that was an after party. So we flew in Friday. We played at one a.m. Friday night morning. Whatever. We were delirious. And it was a smaller show than the that main stage photo, you know, and people were seeing all the words. It was like it it felt like so like trippy and also like, oh wow, yeah, I remember this. This is normal, you know, like and also just like felt the sort of love and excitement for people who had never seen us before, you know, because there's a whole generation of kids who you know, were teenagers then and whatever, you know, or too young to go to shows that that were there and that traveled. And it was beautiful. It felt great. And it felt it felt trippy because it was also like even just putting on my, you know, costume and makeup, I felt like I was like time traveling, you know. (laughs) And so you've got the New York shows. Pardon me for not knowing. Do you have other shows booked? Are are you going to play other shows? We don't have shows booked yet. We're talking about doing some festivals hopefully next summer, but you know, nothing is for sure yet, but we, people, you know, once this all started, people started coming out of the woodwork asking. So now that we've done all this work, we kind of need to do some more. (laughs) So as a fan, I can get excited that you're not going to go away right away. Yeah, no, we're going to, we're going to do some stuff. That's great. Yeah. (laughs) So now that that's out of the way, we can kind of go back and start the beginning. So you did six records over how many years? I think 13 about and you know just for listeners out there i mean i this is a hard one for me because a lot of times when i ask questions i really don't know the answers and here i kind of know all the answers but for our listeners like you know after you know why why did you guys hang it up after accomplishing all you guys accomplished we sort of hit the wall you know with everything with the industry you know it's like we couldn't get past a certain point and maybe we were in our own way we don't know you know we'll never know And we were tired and we were now like 30 years old. So it wasn't like, you know, we're a bunch of teenagers when we started piling in a van, like, well, this is so fun. It was like, okay, um, now things are going really well and we're playing big shows, but we're like sleeping in an RV and we feel like we're going to die and we're tired and maybe we want to express. And this wasn't universal. This was like a couple of us felt this way. And then like the three, three core members that you know are also like we were the ones who worked on the book with Gene Fury uh, me and Squid and Gina we all went to high school together we're the same age we you know we sort of were growing up together through all this and in our early teens like we met when we were 12 so we're like sisters you know we're like chosen family and we just had to grow a little but we also decided not to say like we're we're we quit you know it was like we're taking a break it was just very long (laughs) (laughs) kind of you know it was like we wanted to explore me and Gina anyway wanted to explore different music different expressions all this kind of thing and we did so I always had this like vision of us being like old ladies getting on stage again but like really old like like (laughs) golden girls which you know (laughs) you still have an opportunity you have an opportunity to go away and then come back and do that it could 
happen. It could happen. Yeah, wheel me out in a wheelchair and I'll still croak out those songs, you know. <laughs> I imagine that if you had such a great reaction, which of course you would, but I imagine the New York shows are going to be insane. Yeah, I think they will, especially because playing like, you know, we played at Punk Rock Rolling before Devo, which was so exciting and they were amazing. And there was a good portion of the audience that had never seen us before. And some people had never heard of us. And we scooped them up. I mean, there were people when I walked around that were like, you melted my face off. I'd never heard of you. And now I bought everything at your booth. You know, there was like, it was really exciting. And, and, and very, it was very like life affirming. That's amazing. And are Toilet Boys playing with you guys? Is that right? They are on the second night on Saturday, the 27th. Wow. So you came up in New York punk in like a really interesting time, you know, in the early 90s. What does it mean to you to be a New York punk band? I mean, New York is like the fifth member, the sixth member. New York is part of who we are and it, it formed us and it, you know, it shaped us and it continues to. It's like, we all love it here so much. And growing up here as opposed to anywhere else made us who we are and made us different from somebody who grew up anywhere else, you know, because we had the grit and the dirt and the subway and the nightlife and the trouble and no internet and, you know, all these things. So it's like, I can't imagine this band coming or being the same coming from somewhere else. Absolutely. And you can tell that just through both the like diversity of the influences and how the image sort of manifests itself, which I always thought was really cool about you guys. <laughs> Thank you. You know, I, I would assume that you followed protocol of most bands. Like, you know, you, you, you put out a record, you play those songs, you put out a second record, you maybe play a few songs from that and then play all the songs that everybody knows. And that keeps the kind of spin, right? How are you putting together a set list for what you're doing now? There's arguing, but um, <laughs> we kind of, <laughs> I like that song. No, I like that song. But no, we, we kind of know our sort of crowd pleasers and the ones that are the best live. And, and then you know, there's some that maybe we should play that we're just like, oh my God, I can't play that. That was from like the first album that I want to die if I have to play that song. Um, it's not easy. It's definitely not easy. There's, um, But, you know, we made like two different sets for these shows and we'll probably, we'll obviously change them around now that they're all over the internet. I was like, these are going to be up on YouTube in five seconds. And they were. So, right. um, yeah, we, uh, and people request stuff too and so yeah it's, it's difficult i can't wait i i usually i'm that guy that i'm that guy that goes to like setlist.com or whatever it's called when i go see a show but i don't want to know what you guys are playing it's going to be very hard <laughs> be very hard for me to avoid those youtube videos and and your set list but did it come natural when you got back in and started rehearsing did, did was it was it like all right we're right back in the pocket and or was it was it difficult it was a rusty crusty start you know, I mean, <laughs> well, tell me about, no. tell me about the rest of the band. Have they stayed active? Cause I, so I kind of know what, you know, I mean, I don't want to speak for you, but you kind of stepped away from music and, and started your own makeup line and company. And, um, you know, you, you and Sean have a beautiful, um, little riot girl daughter. <laughs> so, so I kind of know that, but I don't know what the rest of the band was doing, if they were still playing all this time or what. Well, Gina kind of kept playing and making music. Um, definitely. She did some, Scoring. She wrote a musical with a friend. She, in the past few years, like did a solo album or a solo EP project. Squid opened two restaurants. She had the Roebling Tea Room and um, what is it called? River Sticks. 
in Williamsburg. So she did that good restaurant name. Yeah. So, and the two of us oddly, like she shut Roebling and I shut Armor Beauty, my lip gloss company in the same, at, at the same time in this very strange organic way. And then she's been doing, um, she's like a sober companion and coach, Sid, Squid. Um, Chip always was also an artist and does like woodworking and builds really cool shit. And so Chip was doing that, not really playing drums as much. I mean, we all did projects afterward, but then, um, and Squid wasn't playing bass. And Cindy, who left the band in like 97 or 8, she lives in Germany and, you know, we were all still sort of talking like the three of us, me, Squid and Gina were all talking all the time, not all the time, but you know, we still had the business to run. And even though we weren't playing and Gina also does fine painting. She paints for a lot of restaurants and hotels and has done like all the big paintings in Brooklyn bowl and like, you know, wherever they are, she does their paintings. And yeah, a lot of any like hand painted sign you see is probably hers <laughs> if it's nice. Yeah. So coming into it, you know, we had and, and plus like the music me and her were both doing was very different from, you know, or at least lower than what the Lunatics music is. So we all had to sort of build up our stamina and get back into it. So the first rehearsal we had back was was very funny. <laughs> <laughs> it was clunky but fun and it just got better and better you know (laughs) it's just exciting to me to just like honestly just on some level like you're such a a living legend within my own circles oh wow do you ever well just as like a new york punk band who shaped things and did something really cool for like women in punk how much do you feel that in like your day-to-day life or does that not really ever come out or do people like go like oh shit it's theo from lunatics that happens and and I'm always like pleasantly surprised because I am a makeup artist and I go to jobs and I think that nobody is gonna know who I am and you know nine times out of ten somebody's like oh my god (laughs) my you know my my wife loves you or I'm a huge fan or I saw you at blah 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 and whatever year and and it's really funny because I really don't, you know, I'm sort of, it's almost like I'm like undercover Theo. I'm like, okay, I'm just, you know, I'm working, I'm behind the scenes, it's cool. And then somebody, you know, I, I get like outed. <laughs> well, it's a lunatic. It's funny because we used to DJ, what was it called? Like Rated X Party or something? Rated X the Panty Party, yep. Yeah, yeah, right. And I didn't know you, I didn't know you, but I would go to that party and I would, you are one of the few people in my entire life that I would always, I was starstruck by you. I legitimately, I legitimately was for a really long time um, and was afraid to say hello to you for like the longest time. (laughs) It's so stupid when you think back, like it's so dumb, but, um, but I, but I truly was, it was really, really crazy. So what came first, the idea to do the book or the idea to do the shows or did one drive the other? It was sort of separate and together because I had started writing sort of my own personal memoir with Jean Fury, who helped us write the book and is amazing. Then I had Lucy, my daughter, and then that all, you know, kind of went to shit <laughs> because I was like, had a baby. And, and then at some point I was like, I talked to Squid and Gina and then I talked to Jean I was like I think maybe we should do this all together and so that started and that you know that was like years of her do, of Jean doing interviews with us and us 
writing our own stuff and then Jean putting it all together. I mean, I can't imagine having done it on our own. It never would have happened. And then at the same time, Ilya, our friend who's made movies and is a great filmmaker, asked us to do a documentary. So all of this stuff started sort of building, you know, for probably the past 10 years, I would say, maybe a little bit less, maybe seven years or something. So then it just like, yeah, slowly but surely, everything has come together. And I mean, I'm so excited we actually did these shows. Like I can't, it, it just was building up uh, like back and forth. And like, oh, now it's not happening. Now it's going to happen. Is it going to happen? I don't know. Is the virus going to, you know, are they going to get canceled? So um, it feels like a big relief. Yeah, the book is, it was really fun to do and hard also. Were there any parts that were unexpectedly difficult? Or like, what was the hardest part, actually? That's a better question. I mean, editing was the hardest. And reading certain people's parts that I didn't, you know, that I didn't hear or wasn't a part of their, you know, chapter. Like their accounts of things that happened. Yeah. And and another really interesting thing was when we would, because first we were like all doing interviews with Gene separately. And then at some point we started doing them together. And the beauty of that was like us being together, we would help each other remember things because there were certain things like I totally blocked out. And I, I don't know, maybe it's just being older, but I, I used to think I had like the best memory and I do have really good memory, but there's shit that's been blocked out and I didn't even realize it. And then it was like, Oh my God. And even just this weekend talking about stuff like, you know, Oh, remember that flight that was like so tumultuous that we were all laughing hysterically because we thought we were going to die I didn't remember you know like (laughs) there's a bunch of things like that cutting things out was hard you know there was stuff um, that I didn't want to hurt certain people with you know that I cut out because people are living (laughs) and it was hard to just be so honest and go like okay we're putting this out into the world and I'm like oh everyone does that now like you know look at all these these stars that tell all their you know pour their guts out but it's like it's different and it's harder when it's you you know and putting that out there I spent like a year kind of bugging out about the honesty and and like oh my god people are gonna like read my truth but I couldn't not do it for some reason why I can't say but there it is. It's there. <laughs> Going back to the shows. So wait, so Cindy is playing with you. She's living in Germany, but she's playing with you? As of now, she's not. She may okay. come in. I don't really know what the story is right now with even the restrictions of flying. Got it. So did you play as a four-piece last night? Yeah, yeah. That's what We've been a four-piece since she left the band, basically. Oh, right. Okay. But I just mentioned her because she was one of the originals. And she was, you know, the band started because we were friends and we went to school together and Cindy was our friend. And so we all were just like, Oh, so good. And that was that. Yeah. That's why I mentioned her. Is the show it's Friday and Saturday after Thanksgiving, right? Yep. That's what they had. And we wanted to do it sooner than next year. Every year at one of my locations somewhere in the country, I do a really fun like Friendsgiving on Thanksgiving. Mm. Last year was, was the biggest last year was I do it. I've been doing it for years. Um, last year was actually, it was the, the night before Slayer's last show ever. Two years ago, just to. Oh, it was two years ago, right. Oh, like, yeah. Just so right. no one thinks Chris was like having big parties during the pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> and I know right. he's like, Chris is like old and forgets things. So yes, yeah, please forgive true. us, dear yeah. listeners. <laughs> it was two years ago. They played their, their next to last show in Vegas. 
Um, and then two nights later, they were playing their last show ever. So what they did is we did a Friendsgiving, but it was the entire crew. They had never sat down as an entire. I mean, it was everybody. It was their lighting guys, their roadies, their techs, Aww. everybody. So it was like 50, like 50 of us. So I'm going to put it out there right now for all the world to listen. <laughs> if you want to get the band together and maybe a Twilight Boys together and do a Friendsgiving in New York um, the night before the shows, I'd be happy to host. Wow. Thank you. No pressure. So no cool. pressure. <laughs> I mean, that's how when I met you, you came up to me after the last Skyscraper show. I think it was the last show. And it was when Lady Gaga opened for us. Right. Mm-hmm. And you handed me a card and you were like, come eat at my restaurant and I was like food <laughs> yes yeah that's that's kind of you that's kind of my M, that's kind of my mo when I'm when I'm just I don't know how else to approach I'm like I will feed you just let's be friends it worked it, totally it, does, it works every time <laughs> I have, it's worked every time <laughs> <laughs> yep yep feed someone they're your friend for life that's the way it works dare I ask is there any plans for new music or is that ship sailed and you just want to have fun? Don't know yet. We are discussing. People keep asking. Me and Gina were talking about it on the plane. We're going to give it a shot and see what happens. We don't know. Can't promise. You know, I never want to promise anything. Who knows if we can still write together. And what's it like being with, with a lunatic fellow musician husband? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that guy. Sean is the best. I mean, we met in the music world at Squeezebox. And we've basically, you know, been together for a really long time and we're just partners, you know, in every way. And it was really fun to play in a band together and, you know, to be raising a child together is amazing. And he's just the best. Keeps me laughing. <laughs> he's definitely amazing. Theo and the Skyscrapers. Why did that? I mean, I love I loved that band as well. Why did you guys decide to stop doing that? Two great records, by the way. Really great records. Thank you. I love them too. I feel like they were kind of ahead of their time, which is, you know, part of my life's problem of like people have to catch up to my art <laughs> quote. We were playing, we had like that last tour that you saw that show on was one of those tours where we like left and we were driving and we almost, me and Sean looked at each other at some point. I can't remember if it was the first show or what. Something made us like, should we just turn back right now? And we didn't. And then it was just like one bad piece of shit luck after another. It was like, I can't remember if there was like a typhoon somewhere down in the north, in the southwest. Then we hit a deer when we were leaving Austin in the dark. And I'm like, you know, I oh no, I cried for like three days. <laughs> it was oh, so God. awful. And then our van like died in Salt Lake and we missed like three of our like sort of best, you know, uh, big, biggest money shows because of that, because it had to get fixed. We blew like two tires. Then we. Is this all with Dimitri? This was post Dimitri. Dimitri had left. So it was just three of us. It was, we were a trio at this point. And then we. That was when like the St. Paul, Minneapolis, St. Paul bridge collapsed. So we were like almost were on that, but like because of the van dying, we were saved from being on that bridge, you know, then we keep going. Then another, like a promoter somewhere gets brain cancer and can't do the show. I mean, it was literally like awful. It was like a, a burnout tour of like, okay, it's time for something else. But at that point you'd be doing live music for like 20 years. Pretty much. Yeah. 
True. And so you stopped, right? And then so tell us or tell the listeners. So you started the lip gloss company. which I had started the lip gloss company sort of at the end of the skyscrapers. So it was like I started formulating and figuring that out um, in like the end, of, very end of 2006, put out the company in 2008. You were like a fancy Calvin Klein model or something too, right? I, I was a model. Yes. <laughs> I remember seeing your billboard well which added which added to my weird celebrity crush i had on you at the time or whatever you want to call it <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean i was that was sort of my the the 90s and that whole period of time was like a very hammy time for me so it was like i modeled i go go dance i performed i was like a female you know like a i was in the drag scene i was like an honorary drag queen i you know so i did shows like that it was like anything i could do sort of be in the spotlight I was into doing and and then I feel like after the skyscrapers I sort of went like on the like I went on the other side of the spectrum and just like closed up for a while and was like on the behind the scenes like I didn't even want to say that it was my lip gloss line at first which was like why would you not but I was like I felt very separate from that part of myself and um that was interesting. And it was, I learned so much running that business and, you know, knowing nothing. It was like, you know, anybody who's like, what, what do you suggest? I'm like, go to business school, take some classes and learn what the fuck to do because I didn't know. And then through that, like in my very backwards way of like, you know, creating my own pathway, I was like, Oh, I should do makeup if I have a makeup company. So then I started doing makeup and then that's become, you know, my sort of money-making thing hustle so I say and I enjoy that too and I feel like the ultimate you know sort of expression of my life is art and it just comes out differently at different times you know it's like it's it's visual it's music it's art it's acting I've done acting and performance and makeup is art no matter how you slice it you know sometimes it's just fun like even just like color matching people's skin I'm like I, I I'm good at this you know like <laughs> so oh and I've been working with an amazing person who's on the food side of things um is uh Dawn Davis who's the head of Bon Appetit oh nice nowadays who you may know she's incredible very cool that's a cool lady you, you said earlier that New York is the you know the fifth or sixth band member and you, when I think about the time you know there was obviously CBGB but there was like Don Hills and Coney Island High and Wetland and none of those places exist anymore you know, what could a band like Lunatics make noise today? I mean, there are some very cool clubs that are popping up all over Brooklyn, but it's been a weird dry spell for New York City clubs for, for a long time now, right? Right, Matt? Yeah, since 2017, I want to say. Wow. Even before that, really. But I mean, there's always been Vitus, but I mean, like... Oh, I just feel like in 2017, there was like, like Acheron closed, and then there was that really cool punk spot, Monroe. Like, there was a bunch of spots that closed in like 2017. Matchless closed in 2017. That was like the best bar ever for a minute. You know, it's funny. I saw a show last two weeks ago, my first real show since the pandemic. I went and saw this um, hardcore metal band, Knock Loose, at Le Poisson Rouge. And what's funny about that is the, I didn't even know they were still open. And the last time I was set foot in that building was actually to see the Toilet Boys. And that had to be, that had to be a what? 12 years ago, 15 years ago. I don't even, I, I don't even know. Oh, I remember that. I was there. I didn't even know the venue was still open. My roommate works there. Oh, wow. How funny. 
I found out that it was still open at Punk Rock Bowling because I saw Toby Morse from H2O and he said they're playing there soon. And I was like, oh my God, that place is still there. Like, (laughs) I'm very out of the loop. (laughs) <laughs> but yeah, I think, you know, there are so many bands now and it's the, the sort of punk scene that I see from afar is so interesting and different and the same and grungy and like, you know, it's like one person with a keyboard screaming with another person, you know, with no drums or guitar. Like, I think it's, I think there's room for everyone always, honestly. I just think, you know, I don't really, I'm not really in touch with what's happening these days. So maybe I'm wrong. You know, I, I don't see why any band, I mean, even just looking, watching Devo, who are so amazing and such an art band and so bizarre and not like conventional as, you know, and of course the time that they came up, it was like all about that in a way, but you would never expect them to have all these radio hits and they have all these radio hits and they're artists and they're like, changing costumes on stage and they have this thickest like backdrops and you know putting on like you know choreography you know what I mean so I think like as long as your expression has integrity and is real and you know and and people like it then there's room for everybody yeah so who else was on that show last night I'm, I'm a little bit I'm a little bit lost on that Devo Murder City Devils English beat. Oh, wow. I knew Devo was playing and you guys were playing, but I was a little in the dark on the rest of it. I think Bridge City Sinners were one. I mean, it was kind of a bit of a blur, but there were so many shows. Big jitters before you went on stage or none? Some, but not. I think with all the stop and start and then the, the cancel flight kind of got rid of my major like heart palpitations because, yeah, I was like freaking the fuck out. I think all of us were just like it was so exciting and so nerve-wracking and then by the time you know flying in and then playing a show at 1 a.m when it's really your time at like what 4 a.m you know (laughs) and you don't stay up very late anymore (laughs) so that was just like it, it was like it felt like we were all on acid you know and um it was there wasn't much time to have jitters it was more exciting by then cool it's awesome what else is happening that we need to know about in the near future we're going to have an in-person book event at the strand bookstore on october 29th um and we don't know who is going to be interviewing us at that we kind of need to figure that out so if you would like to interview us there and you're going to be in town let us know but yeah that's that's an exciting one and there'll be some other you know podcast type things and i'll just be on the scene doing makeup so cool. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think I'll be there in October, but I will be there in November and the Friendsgiving uh, offer stands. Thank you. I will. I'll put the word out and see what happens. <laughs> All right. We're going to let you go. Thank you so much. Um, I could talk to you for hours. Thank you. I'm so happy that you guys are back. I can't wait to see you in November. Um, Matt, I have two tickets to each show. I'm going to bring I'm going to bring Natalie to one of them. I will bequeath you a ticket to the to the to, a, to the other show. Thank you. Um, awesome. Yes. See how Chris cares for me. I got to call like Webster Hall in advance and like ask, like, do you have like a table I can buy? So I don't know. Oh, to- yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's yeah. so awful. That is so horrible. Look, I showed up for that knock loose show at doors were at six and I showed up at 555 because I knew that they had like three tables uh, like elevated. And I'm like so old now that I was like, that was smart. Yeah, I have to do it. Yeah, I don't know, Chris. I'm that way, too. I'm just grouchy and don't want to touch anyone. <laughs> well, that, too. 
there's that too. <laughs> you know. Uh, all right, Theo, thank you so much. I really appreciate you taking the time. And November 26th and 27th, I'm sure the shows are sold out. But if you want to see them, I'm sure you can find tickets somewhere on the internet. Congratulations on everything. So, so excited. Thank you. All right. So that was awesome. Thank you, everyone out there, for listening to Delirious Nomads, sponsored by Blacklight Media. We will be coming back at you next week with another awesome guest. Be sure to follow Blacklight Media on socials for new music and more. And above all, keep it heavy. Hey, this is Aaron from No Simple Road. I'm inviting you to come hang out with Apple, Mel, and I as we talk with the musicians, artists, chefs, authors, and beyond from the world that turns us on. We're reaching into the improvisational music scene, the psychedelic culture, the festival world, and getting to know what makes the people tick that create those scenes. Come join us on the long, strange trip over at No Simple Road. This is Krista Makes, guitarist and vocalist for Less Than Jake, and host of Krista Makes a Podcast, a songwriting podcast where every week I'm joined by an amazing guest to break down the writing, recording, and release of one iconic song from their career. In our giant, evergreen back catalog of episodes, we've had rock legends such as Dee Snyder and Huey Lewis, punk rock favorites like Mark Hoppus, Fat Mike, and Brett Gurowitz, and up-and-coming artists of today such as Liz Stokes of The Beths and Genesis Owusu. We've had guests from all genres and styles of music, and I guarantee that if you peruse our back catalog, you'll see several episodes that'll make you say, man, I gotta hear that. Whether you're a fan of music or a creator of music yourself, you'll take away a whole new appreciation for the songs you know and love. Chris Makes a Podcast is available for free on all the places you could possibly listen to podcasts. And new episodes come out every Monday.